You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. What's up? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the Co-op Podcast, episode 289. And uh, unfortunately, Richard Bailey Jr. won't be here this week because, uh, you know, he has uh, a wedding to attend. So, you know, he's doing a bit of traveling at the moment. Um, Yo, what's up? I am this here with uh, Mr. Edward Velasquez. How you doing, Ed? What's good? What's good? I'm doing good. Um for your listeners i'm sorry but this episode consider it like a lost co-op episode <laughs> a lost co-op episode why why, yeah. why is that like because it's just us two and you know they're not used to this but i'll take it easy on the playstation crowd today all right no we'll, we'll, we'll be good man like you know pe- people know that you know schedules get in the way sometimes people are doing things so it's not always going to be a full cast and it's not always going to be me or rich on the show so the listeners are cool you know and um ed is ed is cool too you know sometimes we disagree sometimes we get into some fanboy debates but the people like that so they respect that so it should be all good um so before we get into what we've been up to and what we've been playing, I just want to let everyone know that we are officially on Spotify now. So if you uh, do have Spotify and would like to listen to the audio version of the podcast, um, just you know go onto your Spotify app and um, search for the Coalition Podcasts, and you will see us pop up right away. And you know you'll be able to listen to the Co-op Podcast on there. Uh, obviously this is after we record live uh, at some point um, usually the audio drops the next day following um, or the next morning so yeah if, if you want to listen to look just the audio then that option is now there for you um, make sure you use the promo code co-op for a month of free spotify <laughs> well yeah you, you can try that i don't, I don't know I'm, I'm not gonna uh I'm not going to confirm or deny that that works, but it you, doesn't. <laughs> you can give it a try. But but yeah, we are on Spotify, so that option is there now. Just wanted to let everyone know. Um, so yeah, let's get straight into what we've been doing. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to you, Edward. Um, what have you been playing? All right. So yesterday I had a wonderful night, a wonderful date night with my lady, right? Mm. Uh, we did dinner, and then we went to go watch Us, the new Jordan Peele movie. It's a horror movie. Man, I was blown away. Oh, I yeah. was blown away. I cannot stop thinking about this movie. It has, like, stayed with me. Um, it's just a very tense movie. Uh, I guess it's labeled under horror, which I guess it is a horror movie. Uh, but it's not typical, like, oh, the... The killer is out to kill them. You know, there's like more weird stuff. Mm. If you like Black Mirror or The Twilight Zone, go into this movie thinking it's a a movie version of that. 
and uh, I think it's it's great. Like it's open for interpretation, but there's a clear plot, but they kind of leave it open for interpretation. You get a lot of people get different uh, opinions and views on that movie, but it's a wonderful fucking movie. I think just it's a wonderful movie. That's all I want to say. I'm hearing there's like a huge twist in the movie. Is that what like makes it powerful? Uh, I wouldn't say it's the twist. It's just the, it was the ride for me. Like the movie just really started like just the direction. I felt like I was in, I felt like I was in the movie. Like, you know, like I was along for the ride, like, cause it was tense and it builds and it builds and, it's just kind of like I felt it like a roller coaster ride, in my opinion. I don't know, but it's really good. I would recommend going to watch this shit. So it's way better than uh, Get Out. Uh, yeah, I liked it better than Get Out. Okay, and how was uh, I Got Five on it? Was it better in the movie than in that trailer? Uh, it's all. It's pretty much all over the movie. Oh wow! Okay. Like they use it, they use that song in the movie, but like obviously in the trailer you don't, you just hear the song or whatever you know. But in the tra- like they really work that song into the movie, and it, I think it works well. All right. Like yeah. it's almost a part of the story, kind of. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I definitely gotta see that movie then. Um, I'm hearing a lot of good things about it, so. That's good to that's good to know. Yeah, man. And then because that movie was so tense and so creepy and stuff like that, like I immediately came home afterwards, um, and I picked up the Division Two, and that those two like just went together just last night. Like I was, I was gaming. I was in the zone. You know, I was feeling it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, that game's like really good to me like I've been enjoying that game so much um like I like so many things about it the world of the division feels alive to me like it actually feels alive um you know cause I'm, I'm playing it with a co-op buddy like we don't play without each other that's the way we're going through the division too so I'm not too far ahead cause you know it's kinda hard to schedule playing with somebody the entire game um, but yeah, man, like I'm enjoying that game so much. The world of division feels alive, like I said, and, and I just like a lot of the hidden things are not like hidden, but things you don't notice. Like yesterday when I picked up the game, it was nighttime and it was raining in game. And it just was like really cool just to see that it's like, it's a very dark game. Like literally like it's a dark setting. Um, but I think it works for that game sometimes. Um, and yeah, I just having fun with that game. Like, I'm not bored with it. Yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, I've been playing the game too, and I agree with everything you said. Like, that there isn't, like, this is one of the best new games I've played in a while since Red Dead. Like, you know, we were talking before the show. But um, yeah, it's it, it's very intense. I love the feel of the game. Um, I love the looting in it. Um, I pretty much love everything about this game. Besides, um, you know, there's a few technical hiccups here and there. 
on PC version because it's optimized for AMD and I have Nvidia. So there are a few hiccups here and there, but um, I've managed to play with the settings to make it run smoother, so it's not that bad. But um, yeah, the, the game is amazing, especially if you are playing with people. Um, and yeah, it definitely gets intense if you're if you're playing solo. You you're gonna get stuck a few times. Um, and this is the type of game where you have to get used to dying because it's going to happen. Um, and you know, it's all about how you uh, fix your mistakes and you know, um, you know, basically be it the second time around. You know, whatever objective or mission you're doing and everything. So, yeah, I mean, um, it doesn't feel frustrating at any point. Like, when I die, I feel like, you know, it's, it's because of something I did. Um, and, you know, I'm eager to correct it the next go around. Um, and, you know, sometimes I even just like jumping into other people's sessions or people, you know, calling for help and stuff. Like, it's just like every firefight is just it's got like a unique and intense feel to it and um uh you know i love rpgs i love grinding so i'm just finding it very addictive like you know um just going firefight to firefight and then finding new loot leveling up my character developing the character and everything and uh, testing out new abilities like it just goes together so well. Um, it's everything that Anthem was trying to be, but they just didn't quite nail it. And this game definitely nailed it. That's what oh. she said. Um, what? Hi, <laughs> 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 right, hey, uh, did you buy the? <laughs> you crazy. Did you buy the Division 2 uh, Collectors or whatever it is? No, I, I bought the standard version. Alright, so you bought the Collectors for... <laughs> for Anthem, yeah. For Anthem, but not for the Division 2. Was that a mistake? Oh yeah, it, it was a mistake for real. But you live and you learn. Um, and, <laughs> you know... It's all good. Decide, at the end. But but the extra. Did you get the collector's edition or whatever, or the gold nah, edition? Nah, Because okay. I I don't even know what the bonuses are. Um, I it I do. I looked into it, but I didn't think it was worth it. I might be wrong, but I think I saw that it was just you get the like any of the content that they start making, you get it like seven days early, for like you know. But I mean, it's free either way. So I don't understand, like. Yeah, because I, th I think I think that that was part of my logic when I made the decision to get the standard, because it seemed to me like okay, you just get to play earlier, um, and yeah, I don't really see much benefit, you know. Um, and in these types of games, when you get like, say, they give you like um, some exclusive backpack or gun or something like that you're only going to be using that for a short amount of time anyway. So usually I don't see that stuff as beneficial because this is the type of game where you're always like switching to a new loadout or a new gun or something. So yeah, I, I didn't feel all that stuff was worth the extra cost. Um, I feel like I've got more than my money's worth, you know, already. So I'm happy. Cool. But yeah, man, Division 2, um, if you haven't got it yet, I, I highly suggest you guys get it, man. Like, 
this is starting to feel like Destiny 1 again to me, honestly. Um, and I'm hearing, you know, the Dark Zone is good. Um, and I hear that the, the end game is good too. So, sounds good to me. Did, uh, did you play the first Division, by the way? Yeah, I did. I did. And what did you think of that game? Uh, I thought it was cool. I felt like once I completed the game, I was done with it, though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how that works. But from what I'm getting right now, it seems like that game is packed full of content. For me, at least. Like, I can see myself spending 40 to 50 hours before. It's like, okay, there's nothing else. Yeah. Did you play any uh, conflict mode yet or whatever it is? Uh, no, not at all. Okay. Yeah, because I'm hearing um, that might be like one of the weak points about the game because people are saying that, uh, you know, people are super OP, like overpowered. Uh, yeah. Because they got all the abilities and stuff like that. So um, some people are saying it's not worth the headache of playing that mode. Uh, did did you go into the dark zone yet? No, I haven't done a lot of shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested to see what the dark zone's gonna be like because I hear you can get some some pretty good loot from there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still doing like story stuff. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of side stuff, but it's usually I'm wandering around doing missions, side missions, yeah. uh, some yeah. control points, but I haven't touched any of the PvP stuff. Dark Zone stuff. I haven't touched none of that. Cool. Yeah, so, um, you've been playing anything else? Uh, no, not really. Just that. Alright. Um, so I've also been playing Overwatch, of course, and, uh, the new hero was released, Batiste, or Baptiste, as some people are calling him. Um, he seems pretty good. Uh, the only thing is he's got uh, this ability called Immortality Field, which might be annoying to play against if, um, you know, unless you have a Baptiste in your own team. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but so far, so good. Um, and Blizzard is doing an excellent job to kind of uh, boost some characters that have been less popular um, in the meta currently. So, so that's pretty good um, overall. But I'm sure people are tired of hearing me talk about Overwatch, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get off that now. So, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, let's dive straight into this week's topics then. Um, so the first thing I'm gonna start with here is um, a few things about the Epic Game Store because you know it seems like the Epic Game Store is really taking over. You know, first it was Fortnite. Now, you know, they, they built their own store. And um, ever since, it's like, wow, they're, they're taking away a lot of market share from Steam. Um, so it was revealed earlier this week that Metro Exodus sold better on the Epic Game Store than the, 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 the previous game sold on Steam altogether, which is insane because... Uh, if you have Steam on PC, you know how much those first two Metro games were promoted on Steam. And they were pretty popular within the PC gaming community as well. So to hear that Metro Exodus 
has outsold the sales of the previous Metro on Steam is pretty insane to hear, especially because the Epic Game Store is new. Now, I believe uh, Fortnite has a huge part of this because so many people were playing Fortnite that they just had to have the Epic Game Store anyway. So it's a convenience thing, you know. Um, you already have this client on your computer. You might as well just, you know, buy games in that client because you're already using it. And um, as a Steam owner myself, I, I have to confess, like... I haven't been using Steam as much as I used to. Like I, some days I, like most days actually, I don't even open the Steam client anymore because the games I'm playing are on other services now. Like Division Two, I have it on UPlay. Um, you know, Anthem and Apex Legends, I have that on Origin. Overwatch is on the Blizzard client. You know, so I haven't even opened Steam in a long time. Um, every now and then I get an email to tell me that certain games are on sale and then I might load up Steam then just to check out, you know, the prices and things like that. But um, yeah, it, it seems like uh, the age of Steam might be slowing down a little bit because uh, one of the biggest appeals of Steam was obviously the sales that they had and stuff and um, the benefits of cheaper games when compared to consoles and things like that. But um, all these other publishers having their own clients is starting to really take away market share from Steam and I think Valve has to do something major to retain their audience um, and Ed also brought up something else um, the fact that the, the new game Outer Worlds by Obsidian that is now going to be exclusive to the Epic Games Store as well so that's another big game that's going to be exclusive to the Epic Games Store on PC. So, you know, Steam, Valve, they're in a bit of hot water at the moment. But um, Ed, I know you're not a PC gamer, but do you have like any thoughts at all on this? Uh, like, I just want to know, like, what is the... Because you are a PC gamer. I want to know, like, what is the... I know why I wouldn't like it, but... To you, do you have a problem with this? Like, um, well, I mean, I I could see how other PC gamers would have an issue with it if they're. Well, can you explain that? Like, because I don't understand what the issue would be. Like, because yeah. a PC gamer, you're kind of. I would assume that you're used to buying games from different areas like oh i gotta buy this game from ea or hey i gotta buy this one on uplay i gotta buy this one on steam and and so i've never been i don't have that experience with pc like i'll buy everything on xbox and yeah. i get my stuff from xbox and i think that to me that's a benefit i mean that could go either way like i'm not making that, no fanboy shit like playstation you buy all your shit from the ps store i think that's a benefit to me like whether it was steam or epic store that's our like or like it's not introducing a new problem because pc gamers have always dealt with this is what i'm getting at so i want to know like what's the problem with it now like i don't get it <laughs> um so like me personally i don't have a problem with it because i'm already playing like i'm already using a lot of other clients and i, I pretty much have for a long time um but you know, let's use Carl, like our friend Carl, as our example here. So Carl, you know, he 
kind of exclusively only uses Steam on on PC to manage his games. Like he only buys games if they're if they're on Steam because it's a convenience thing. Like Steam is the go to app for PC gaming, and you know you have your friends list, you have achievements, you have a launcher like to launch your games and everything. You have sales, like everything is in that one client, and that's all a lot of people have known for like the past 10 years when it comes to PC gaming uh, probably more than 10 years now so yeah like the fact that now things are starting to go exclusively elsewhere um, and you know these are pretty popular and big IPs you know that that is causing some um, some unhappiness you know with gamers who have you know kind of just always stuck with steam and when you factor in metro exodus like those first two metro games were heavily promoted on steam uh they were very popular on steam so imagine owning the first two metro games in steam and then you know you can't even buy the the third game in steam for for a whole year basically until it comes to steam so you know i guess a lot of people are a bit antsy about that because they you know for ocd purposes they might want everything in that one app but now they're forced to use a different app you know even if they probably don't play fortnite you know so that's really what what's it what it's about basically it sounds to me like pc gamers are like weirdos <laughs> nah. Like who cares? Y'all like PC gamers should be used to buying games from a variety of clients. Like one more, okay, whoop you do. If you don't like it, get on the console. Yeah, like okay. So for you, let's build an example here. So you love Halo, right? What if Microsoft just out of the blue said, okay, um, to to get the next Halo, to get Halo Infinite now you have to you know buy it from you you can't get it on your xbox one you have to like get it on this other completely different system like wouldn't you be pissed that's i don't think that that works i don't think this little analogy works because like that would never happen I know, I know it wouldn't. Okay, let's say this. I can't even imagine it. But like, it's hard. You made it hard. Like, picture a, a... Give me a better one. I'll give you a better one because um, in that scenario, just I just said you would probably have to buy new hardware and that's not the case for PC gamers. So let me give you a different analogy. Let's uh, say Microsoft says, okay, Halo Infinite is coming out next month, but you, uh, if you have an Xbox One, you won't be able to play it for another five months because the game is only going to be available on Game Pass to PC users or something like. What What would your reaction be to that? But see, that one doesn't work either because <laughs> <laughs> because in the PC story, the actual story, like you can still play on that console we'll just refer to a pc as a console whereas in the scenario you painted i can't play that on the console that i have so see like it doesn't it doesn't like translate yeah i mean yeah i I guess it's a really pc thing you know it's just it's it's pc 
politics. Yeah, PC is like weird people, man. Like I said, though, like I don't have an issue with it because I've always kind of done that. Like since I built my PC, I've used different clients because, you know, I I was playing MMOs and um, I was playing Diablo. So I, I always had other things in addition to Steam anyway. That's one so. That's one of the reasons I don't uh, want to ever do PC. Why? Because of the different clients? Yeah, I'm just not into that. I like I like like a little like just give me an Xbox and I want to own everything on Xbox and just that's all I need. Like I don't want to deal with all these clients and this and that. Like I'm not I'm not even in, uh, into computers like that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, complicated or anything. It's just, you know, basically mm, download. I just don't want to download a bunch of stuff. I don't, I'm not into that stuff. That's why the second day they introduced streaming music, I was like, okay, I'm in. Here, take my money. Oh, I was done with downloading music and rap Okay, and that, that's... The music thing is a perfect example. So, like, you have... Let's say you you're subscribing to Spotify, right? And, and the new Kanye's on Apple Music? Is yeah, exactly. Doing? Exactly. Okay, okay. So, like, are you going to be pissed at that point? I would be, like... I would be upset. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, there you go, then. That, that's what PC gamers are going through. Hmm, I guess. But yeah, um, that's pretty much it for that story. I mean, you know, Epic Game Store, it seems like they're ready to, to take away market share. They're ready to become that number one gaming app. And it seems to me like this is going to be the future of PC gaming where, you know, publishers all have their own kind of, uh, you know, store and everything. And it's all about who they do deals with to build their, their libraries, I guess. Um, I have to say that uh, EA Origin is probably my least favorite of them all. Because, um, you know, it's really just a place. For, I mean, they do have other publishers on there, but um, I have a very love-hate relationship with EA at the moment anyway. So um, I'm not, you know, a huge fan of their games right now. Um, I, I, I really only use Origin to play old games like the old Mass Effect games and Dragon Age and stuff. Um, of course, I did play Anthem briefly, but yeah. Uh, what I like about the Uplay store, though, is that you can, um, as you play games on their client, you unlock points that you can actually use to get discounts when you buy games. So, like, with The Division 2, I actually got a discount because cause I bought, like, Assassin's Creed games before on, on the client. So, I think that's a pretty good way to do it, to incentivize people to use your platform but um but yeah th this is what the future is going to be publishers having their own services but, um let's move on to the next topic though um oh actually this this ties in as well um and you know this this raises a new question as well um it's too bad we don't have Carl here or someone else but um, Quantic Dreams is actually, uh, you know, going to start publishing their games on the Epic Game Store because there was that news that came out that, you know, they were uh, 
I think they were bought right or something by another company and now they're they're going third party so all the Quantic Dreams games are going to be third party moving forward a lot of people were upset that Sony didn't you know buy them or do an official deal with them and stuff like that but yeah uh, the Quantic Dreams library is coming to the Epic Game Store so they're gonna be on be on PC and I'm pretty sure in the future you might see their games on Xbox too so how do you feel about that Ed? Uh, I can't wait to put uh, I can't wait to push the space bar uh, I can't wait I can't wait to see the space bar show up in game like push this <laughs> what, what are the quick time event with a big ass space bar <laughs> But That'd hey, yeah, uh, cool. uh, that's how I play the uh, the Telltale games. I play oh, key don't, keyboard and mouse, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but nah, I can see why uh, Quantum Dream put out their games on the Epic Store. Or Epic Store, or just PC in general? Uh, yeah, but PC. Uh, but yeah, I can see why they did that. I mean, their games don't sell that much, so... <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> you, might, you might as well open it to a bigger audience. So, how do you feel about them going third party? Like, have you ever had a desire to play Heavy Rain and uh, um, Beyond? I actually have. I've uh, I've want I've always wanted to play Heavy Rain. I've played the one with Ellen Page. That's Beyond. Souls? Yeah. What they call it? Yeah, Beyond uh, Two Souls or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I played some of that. I don't think I ever beat it. it they kind of lost me. Like, you know, it wasn't that interesting to me. But, uh, that... but Heavy Rain uh, is more my cup of tea because it's like investigative and I like a good like uh, murder mystery type deal. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, that game Beyond came out at a really bad time because um, it came out on the PS3 just as um, the PS4 and the, the Xbox One were coming out. So, yeah, I, I think I remember that. Uh, but yeah, that's the only one I played. I have not played Detroit. Did they have any other one? That's it, right? Uh, you just yeah, Detroit okay. Beyond and Heavy Rain. Um, I, yeah. I think we might be missing something, but I, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah I, I think know. that's it. But yeah, um, yeah, I, mean, I don't play PC, so that doesn't change anything for me. But I but guess it's if cool they if they have, came to cool. Xbox, though, would you buy them like day one? Uh, I don't know about day one. I'd probably wait for like to get them for cheap. Right. Not like as a disc or nothing. Like I, I just really don't buy games day one anymore unless I really want them. But uh, I would definitely like check those games out if they came out on Xbox. Do you feel like uh, Sony are dumb for for not buying Quantic Dream? Are they? They didn't buy them. No. Um. Yeah, I think they're, they're a studio worth having. Um. Maybe Sony didn't want them because they're so like you know kind of one dimensional. Maybe that would be like a knock on them. They're kind of like a. Uh, higher quality Telltale yeah so I don't know maybe that plays into it but I mean Sony's always going after former Xbox studios like to work with 
so I'm not saying to like own them, but maybe Xbox should, you know, reach out to them and be like, hey, your next game, I mean, still make it multi-platform, but your next game, like, promote it with us. Because, you know, you see uh, Remedy, like anything that we've seen from uh, Control, that one game by Remedy, uh, mm -hmm. it's always on PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, hey, um, E3 is not that far away now, so... Do you think there's a possibility we could see Quantic Dream show up at the Xbox conference? Uh, I don't think it's likely, but it's possible, I guess. I think it might do it. I think it will happen. Show off some tech on the new uh, whatever, because that's what their usual MO is. They always show tech first. Okay, uh, someone in the chat is looks like they're disagreeing. He's saying um, Sony is going after former Xbox Studios. What? Um, I mean, I, I think it's a tactic on both sides. I think both companies kind of do this. Like, if I didn't go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, like it's say uh, a, a third party studio or whatever that used to make games exclusively for one console then goes third party i think this is a tactic we always see you know like insomniac like um we we knew them for working with closely with sony for years and then all of a sudden they come out with uh what was that game called um sunset overdrive exactly yeah so uh, i think this is just something that happens it's business like i think if you know studio starts to go third party then immediately the rival console manufacturer is going to approach that company and be like yo promote your game with us and you know it's going to be seen as a huge win for them in the eyes of gamers you know to, to announce something like that at e3 so um i think this is something both companies do yeah i, I didn't mean that as a slight at all like i was just referencing to like that's the first thing that came to mind like remedy with control uh playstation's done it with uh destiny when they you know with bungie like it's a it's a tactic that everybody uses xbox video with metal gear like you know yeah like, hey we'll show it on our console but yeah that's what i mean by that yeah so yeah that clears that up i guess um so, did you have anything else to say on this topic, or should we move on? Uh, nah. Alright, so, let's get to Ed's favorite topic. His, this has been his favorite topic since, like, 2010 or something like that. Like, he always, he loves talking MPDs, so, oh, we're gonna talk, <laughs> we're gonna talk MPDs for February 2019, and this is very interesting. So, um... I'm going to go from uh, number 10 down to number 1 um, for the software. So, number 10 was Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Number 9 was NBA 2K19. Number 8 was Metro Exodus. Number 7 was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number 6 was Resident Evil 2 2019. Um, number 5 was Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 4 was Far Cry New Dawn. Number three was Kingdom Hearts 3. Number two was Jump Force. And number one was Anthem. So yeah, that's the, the top 10 uh, MPD sales for February 2019. Now, Ed, are you surprised about anything on that list? Uh, there was Crackdown in there? 
Crackdown was not in the top 10. Mm, Alright. Nope, it's nowhere on this list, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to say. It's not even in the top 20. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Uh, It's looking uh, bad for Microsoft right now. Nah. nah, nah. (laughs) You know, like, the fact that Anthem made it, though, like... (laughs) Man, whatever about Anthem, y'all some fools, man. (laughs) I need to give up the hope on Bioware. Just stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of did buy it out of loyalty for Bioware because I wanna, I wanna see them go back to their former glory, man. So that was part of the reason I, I bought that game like so ahead of time because I just wanted it to be good. But yeah, um, I'm surprised, you know, to see Anthem so far up. Um, I'm actually. Nah, I mean, I figured it was the biggest release of the month. Uh, regardless of whether I was sold on it uh, leading up to it, but I felt like it it uh, was a big enough game to to make it to number one, I thought. It, it got so much bad press, though, so that's what made me think, okay, it might not get number one. But It did, but I would think that Bioware has that cult following. It, it's kind of, you know, I think it's going down a little bit but still I guess people give them too much respect and they just buy their games on a whim I guess so um I am very surprised that Jump Force made it to number 2 though like um I know there's a lot of uh, fellow weebs out there like me um you know who love these Japanese style games but I didn't think this game was going to be that popular to make it to number two. And I heard a lot of bad things about it when it actually did release. So I thought, you know, that would have kind of cut the cells a little bit. But hey, good to see it there, I guess. You know, there, there's hope for us weebs out there. So that's good. Um, uh, I, I didn't hear much about Far Cry New Dawn. I don't know if people liked it or not, but I guess, you know makes sense that that's in the top five um kingdom hearts 3 seems to be selling really well so you know that's good it's still in the top three um everything else on this list seems you know pretty common um nothing major stands out and as far as hardware the nintendo switch was the best-selling console of uh, february so yeah um i like to think of the switch as a toy Really? Yeah. It's trash. So you don't consider it like a proper gaming system? like? Nah. It's a kid's toy. Do you own a Switch? Uh, I personally don't, but there's one available to me. Oh, and you play it often? Uh, I played it like twice. So you're not a fan of the Switch? Not at all. I hate it. I thought you were a, a Nintendo guy, like, or, or was that just growing up? Like, uh, it was growing up, like, 64 and SNES, a little bit of GameCube, um, but the, they lost me with the Wii, and then ever since then, I just have not, I was out of love with Nintendo. Hmm. 
Like, yeah. They sell you cardboard, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. They're that, selling cardboard. Yeah, they're, 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 they're crazy with that. But okay. yeah, I mean, I, I think conceptually, the Switch is a great system. Like, I love the design and what it can do and everything. Um, my, my issue with it and why I haven't jumped in yet is it gets a lot of third party games, but it gets them late and they're less, lesser quality versions than, you know, what we get on other systems. So it's like, why, why should I be excited about that? Now, I understand there's the whole appeal of taking your games with you. Um, and I can understand that, you know, playing Fortnite on the bus or whatever. Um, you know, playing some of these other AAA games on the go. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, that, that's not really a huge appeal for me personally. Um, but, you know, whatever floats your boat. To, to I don't see when, them. like, people would even play these games on the go. Like, I know I said maybe like two weeks ago, a week ago about the X Cloud thing. I think it's cool, but it's not ideal. Like, I personally, I don't have time to be playing that shit, like, on the go. Like, I don't ride trains. I don't ride buses. That's not the life I live in the city of Houston. Like, or in traffic or driving on a highway. Like, we don't have time for Switch. Yeah. Yeah, and like, uh... Shouts to Christopher Hart. He um, pointed out that, yeah, Cuphead and Castle Crashers are coming to the Switch as well. So that's cool for people. And that's my yeah. problem with Nintendo. And like, maybe I, maybe I follow one too many Nintendo geeks on Twitter or something. But anytime I see people excited for like Cuphead on Switch or Castle Crashers on Switch, I'm like, why <laughs> I just don't get it Castle Crashes is a 10 year old game <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, I think it's cool for the people who have the Switch and might not have an Xbox or something but um, that you know for me it's not an appeal like getting games later than everyone else like you know um. but even if like I want to know a person who only plays Switch. Oh, they're like, out I want to. I want to know the person. Not not. And I'm, I don't mean like only play Switch. I mean that's the only console in their house. Like I want to meet that person because mm -hmm. that person, as a gamer, should be unsatisfied. Like you said. You, you could probably refer to the Switch as a toy because I'm pretty sure there are children who only have a Switch, like, you know, because maybe that's the only system their parents would buy for them. So I, I, I think that would be the only household, you know, that has only a Switch is the, the young children who perhaps can't buy their own consoles, you know. So that's probably what yeah, it is. Yeah, probably. But every experienced, like, seasoned gamer is going to have more than the switch you know um the switch is something you get in addition to another console or your pc or whatever so yeah um for me i mean the only game like there's some jrpgs on the system that 
looked cool to me that I would probably play. But um, the only game that would make me want to cop it is Pokemon. And the last one that came out, I have no interest, to be honest. This new one, maybe they'll manage to sell me on, on the system. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But as of now, I have like zero interest in, in buying a Switch. Because like, I'm not into getting old games. And even like the exclusives just don't appeal to me. Like... And I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Yeah, definitely. What about Zelda Breath of the Wilds? Because I hear great things about that game. Oh, man, I just really haven't been into, like... I just, like... like I grew up. <laughs> I grew up. So is Zelda not a grown-up game? Uh, it's more for children. Come on even Breath of the Wilds because people say that game is more mature than the rest um, I haven't really paid too much attention to it to be honest but I'm just like I, as far as Nintendo like that's what I can say I grew up well there you have it it's like man you know there's weirdos out there who watch like My Little Pony and shit oh yeah yeah, well, that's how I feel about like men <laughs> who play Nintendo. Well, like, grown up. Like, get a girlfriend. Like, bro, you know how, how my girlfriend would look at me if she saw me playing like <laughs> Mario. Like, I'm a freaking 29 year old man playing Mario in my living room. Like, I come on, man. Oh, uh, this guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I feel you though. I feel you. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I guess if you have like a family, it's different. Like if you had children, and if stuff. I had children, I probably would get Mario yeah. and get Mario Kart and stuff like that. Yes, but for now, I don't have children, so that's not. You know what? I'll I'll tell you this. I have not watched a Pixar movie since my teen since my teenage years I have not checked out any of them the last one I saw was Toy Story 3 with, but that's because I was already invested in the Toy Story story but I have not seen Brave I have not seen any of those any of the Pixar movies in the last 10 years I haven't watched because I grew up I don't I'm not interested in that no more I don't want to watch cartoons I'm not into anime. To me, if you're old and adult and you watch anime, there's something wrong with you. Uh, look, now I'm a weeb. That's just my opinion. I'm a weeb, so you know, uh, like there are mature animes, so that that's different in my eyes. But I I can agree with the Pixar thing because I I I don't really fuss over the Pixar movies at all. Um, I think the last one I probably watched was Toy Story, also. Um, and I. Like, this isn't Pixar, but I watched Frozen. Um, and that was because, like, I was with someone who had a child. So, you know, um, I pretty much watched that all the time. So, uh, yeah, like, I'm with you on that. But, yeah, with anime, like, there are mature animes. Like, they have a lot of mature themes and stuff. So, um. It's called hentai. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, your listeners hate me. Man. All right. 
Uh, okay, so uh, so how about like you you liked the, the uh, Spider-Man movie, right? Because that's animated and a lot of grown people like that. Damn, you fucking got me. All right, <laughs> yeah, I like Spider-Man. So you know, but that's because I like Spider-Man. Well, yeah. all right, I get your point. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if if it's done right, I mean, you you can enjoy these things. You know, it's just it's just about how it's done, I guess. But, but I I get your point with Nintendo because a lot of their games do have that you know childish kind of vibe to them, um, and I think that's what doesn't appeal to me a lot of times because I'm into like super mature stuff. So um, I like a lot of graphic violence and like you know just just mature stuff like mature themes, complex yeah, themes and stuff. Too. So. Yeah, same. But yeah, um, but uh, let's let's get into what you know the people want us to talk about. So, you know, GDC 2019 happened this week, and um, you know, I remember hyping up this Google announcement in our group chat. You know, I, I made sure everyone was aware that the stream was happening. I posted the link in the chat and everything. And, you know, I was, I was watching the stream, like, you know, when, when it happened and everything. So Google announced their new service and it's called the Google Stadia. Um, you know, we all thought it was going to be hardware, but, uh, I mean, they have a controller, but this is, uh, primarily a service that's going to be on, uh, multiple hard, different hardwares. So, you know, you can use it on PC, your laptop, your Chromebook, your uh, tablet, you know, your phone. Um, so what it is, is basically, you know, you get the controller, you get the service and you can sync the controller to uh, their server and play, you know, any game in their library on your device, you know, no matter what device it is. And uh, they're pitching it as a streamless uh, uh, sorry, a seamless streaming service where, you know, you can pretty much see a game. Like if somebody, if you're watching a YouTube video, someone's playing a game, you can just click on a button and play that game yourself right then and there. Um, you know, and uh, it's obviously it's, it's um, reliant on your internet connection entirely and it doesn't use your hardware. So it doesn't matter, you know, whether you have a, a PC with low specs or anything like that. It, it is streamed straight from their data center. Uh, they had a lot of talk about their data centers and how advanced they are and things like that. I kind of zoned out because I was doing multiple things at once. But yeah, uh, the Google Stadia is, is here. It's a thing. So Ed, uh, what was your initial reaction after hearing the announcement of the, the Google Stadia? Uh, it sounds like on live 2.0. Um, I just don't think this is going to be anything. I could be totally wrong. It could catch on for whatever reason, but I feel like it's nothing that I'm going to even concern myself with learning about. Like, I don't care about any of it. Like, I'm not going to buy into this at all. Like, to me, there's no room for another console, I guess. I don't think there's room for another big player in the gaming space. Um, unless you're just going to do, like, more 
uh, store-based software, sort of like uh, the Epic Store, the EA Play, whatever. Like, I feel like that's the only space for new console people, like new uh, companies to get into gaming. That's the only way I see it happening. But a console and controllers like that, nah. Wasn't there a Valve machine with a Valve controller or Steam controller or some bullcrap? Yeah, there was a Steam controller and they... Uh, but there was never a Steam box, right? They, they did have Steam machines, but they did it in a really weird way. Like, it, not how we were expecting it to be. Like, they... It was, it was like it was a fail basically they right and that's and that's how i see this happening like i just don't see this really catching on with anybody like even like look at online like it's rough to get into that and like i think if if google uh becomes like a player like in this in this game they're just gonna i feel like they're just gonna offer like app based games like you know like fruit ninja or something like I, nobody wants to play mobile games on a uh console per se you know so i just don't i don't know i just feel like i don't care and i'm not really paying too much attention to it did you see their controller it looks ridiculous uh i mean it looks like a standard controller to me like it doesn't <laughs> It, it doesn't look amazing, but it doesn't look bad either to me. But, but um, it just looks very like generic, like a copy clone. Like yeah, it's like a generic. It's just not standing out. Like what? Like you know? Like okay, you can tell me about streaming 8K games to me. Like come on now. Like niggas don't got the bandwidth for that shit. <laughs> okay, so so let me attempt to pitch this to you, pitch this idea to you, Anna. I want to see if the you know if if I can pitch it to you and, and make you um, understand why someone would would like this service. So let's say your uh, you sat at your TV right and you see a commercial for you know this big AAA blockbuster game. It's not on Xbox One. You know obviously you own an Xbox One, but it's not on Xbox One, right? Let's say it's a, a, it's on Sony and PC, but um, but you can play it on the Google Stadia, and all you need to do is subscribe to their service. You know, like the, there's a monthly fee, like Netflix or something, um, and you just have to have the controller, and you can play it right there at your TV, right after you pl- you see that commercial. Like you just get your controller, and you know you press the button, and then you're instantly able to play that game. So is that something that would appeal to you? Mm, nah, man. Nothing. A game is not that important to me. Like, if it's not playable to me, then like, okay, I'm not going to go out of my way to go try to play this game. Like, it's cool. Like, if God of War is not available to me, okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that Google's gonna um, offer me something so mind blowing that I'm gonna be like, "Oh, I need the Stadia." You know, I just don't. I just don't think there's room for a player in this. Okay, so let me ask you another question, right? Because 
I believe that Microsoft knew about this and I believe that Microsoft is trying to position Xbox Game Pass to do this same thing that the Stadia is trying to do. Um, everything that we've uh, heard from Microsoft recently suggests this because they're trying to put Xbox Live on other platforms now. Um, you know, iOS, Android, um, Nintendo Switch. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to put Xbox everywhere. So I feel like they're trying to position Games Pass to be their their own Google Stadia where you can play games through their service, you know, on, on any device. So do you believe that um, Google is trying to, to do the same thing as Stadia and do you think they'll be more successful at it? Uh, no, I don't think they would be successful at it. I think regardless of like what anybody thinks as far as Xbox and their sales and whatnot, like let's be honest, Xbox is kind of a household name. Like people are familiar with Xbox. You can tell them Xbox and it's a brand that they've heard before. And when you tell when you tell people Google Stadia, you know, they're not they're just thinking of a search engine. That's facts. So I just think that people might be more inclined to check out like an Xbox app on their TV than a Google Stadia app on their TV. If that is what they're doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just what I think. So you do think that Microsoft will be more, more successful at this uh, streaming game service than, than Google. Yeah. Because I think Xbox also like, they are uh, they have their own game studio and not only that, like, they've been in this game 20 years or so, I want to say. Um, and they have those relationships with those developers. Google doesn't I don't uh, I won't want to say they never had a relationship with Bethesda or Rockstar or you know things like that so you know like if I was Bethesda if I'm Rockstar if I'm EA or whatever like and I'm talking to Google now like Google's such a big company you know I don't I don't know I'd rather do business with the people I know which is Xbox alright um, do you feel Does like... that make sense or am I just a weird talking shit? No, no, you like I, I get your point. You know, Xbox yeah. is they they've been in the game over, you know, like fifteen years or so now. Um so you know, they they're a brand name, they're associated with gaming and Google is kind of like an outsider now get you know, coming in to the industry and, and this leads to uh the next question I wanted to ask you actually, like so we, we, we saw that Ubisoft and Bethesda are kind of working with Google um, and, you know, Stadia might even begin to have some sort of exclusives with, you know, these publishers in the future. But do you think that um, the, you know, gaming publishers and the hardware companies that have been in the gaming uh, industry for, you know, for years now, decades or whatever, do you feel like they should stand together and try to push out Google? Because let's be real, Google is a threat because they are a huge tech company. They're like one of the top, you know, top three uh, 
tech companies out there right now so for them to just come into the industry like this this is like that is a big threat to microsoft sony and nintendo so do you feel like they should kind of unite and work together and do you feel like there should be some sort of loyalty with game publishers and things like that to um you know to kind of stick to what's been the norm with sony microsoft um and and uh, nintendo um or do you feel like it's fair game and if google offers a good deal then you know they should just take it like what do you think i'm gonna drop some bars some rap battle bars right oh let's have them i'm gonna I'm explain it this way google glass body bag <laughs> google plus body bag google stadia is gonna end up in a body bag <laughs> like yeah google is this big company but those products that i just named like they google's known for failures not everything they touch is some you know crazy good shit like yeah. they have failures under their belt just like any other company and like you said it yourself valve failed and they have the oh as far as their little console thing um for the most part because we don't hear about it now so i would say it's safe to assume that it failed but and they have that whole ecosystem to the point where pc gamers are literally pissed because they can't get those games you know, from what we were talking about in the previous topic. So, if I feel like if Valve can't do it, yeah, I know Google is bigger, but to me that makes no difference. So, that's just how I'm, I'm going to look at that. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do raise a good point because um, Google are known for like introducing new products and services and then dropping them. Um, I actually just got an email a few days ago saying that Google Plus is finally, you know, going to be deleted on, and it's on its way out. So, yeah, you know, they do launch things and then, you know, get rid of them um, later on. So, yeah, that is true. But um seems like a lot of people, I mean, it, it seems 50-50. Like, some people are really curious and interested in the stadia. And others are like, okay, this is nothing new. This is on live. This is Games Pass. You know, so I think Google ultimately has more to prove here. They have, uh, they need to get exclusives, I think, to really sell gamers on the close. Cause you know, us as gamers, we're, you know, we're not going to be that impressed if you show us something like that. Um, for the casual consumer, maybe they're looking at that and they're impressed because they don't have to worry about hardware, you know. Um, so, you know, maybe that appeals to casual people. But for us gamers, we want like, you know, we want incentives. Like, why should we sign up to your service? Like, what what exclusive games are you going to give us? Like, you know, so if they're trying to grab us, the, the hardcore gamer, they need to show us a lot more before you know we're all sold on this service so um that's my thoughts on it i agree but yeah um i think it's going to be an interesting year though um did you hear um there was something uh let me there was something about the microsoft press conference at e3 um but i can't remember what 
the story was. But um, what, like while you're here, because I don't know when we're gonna have you again. What are your expectations for Microsoft at E3? Like, obviously, we know they're announcing hardware, but do you feel like there's something else that they're going to announce? Maybe something uh, Games Pass related, like something, some kind of Megaton. Uh, there has to be something, but I think for the most part, like some of the stuff that we do know, um, is a lot of speculation, right? Like we. We don't really know, like, hey, you know, Xbox is coming to, you know, Xbox Live is coming to Switch. Like, I know that's, like, confirmed or, like, it's being spoken about openly, but we haven't seen that, like, actually come to life. So I think even just actually seeing that come to life at a press conference, I think that's big enough to me, at least, to count as a make a ton. Even though we kind of already know that it's possible or coming or whatever, I think seeing and just talking about it is like different. So I would give them credit for even showing stuff like that off. Um, Games, I would assume just games. Uh, But yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah. Okay. The quote I have here is uh, from Phil Spencer. And he said, um, Google went big at GDC with Stadia, but we will go bigger at E3 2019. So that right there there tells me that um, they see themselves as direct competition with the the Games Pass service. So I think they're going to go broad with, you know, Games Pass. I think they're going to try and distribute that service on as many platforms as possible. Um, and I think that will be their, their goal going forward. And if they can do that, you know, um, it, the console war don't even matter no more. Like if, if they, if they manage to successfully get, you know, users subscribe to Games Pass, you know, on all these platforms and get people in the ecosystem, the console war no longer matters, to be honest. So, um, would you say if that happened, because you're picturing it or you're like pointing I don't know, the way you're painting it, would you think that Xbox lost? No. Because you're talking about console wars. No, like, it, this is a win for them. Like, if if they pull this off like they want to and get, you know, if they get a user base on all these other devices, it doesn't matter. With, like, it doesn't matter if Sony's selling the most consoles because if Xbox has the most users, the most subscribers to their service they are winning in the end so um i think this is a smart strategy for them um and i mean of course they are still going to put out hardware but um what what do you think about the um discless xbox one s that's coming do you think do you think Mm, well is that rumored or it's real uh it's real it's it's happening oh what do i think about it uh I don't think too much about it. I mean, I think it's cool, like, for the people who want that. Maybe it's a, it's a cheaper, it's probably most likely going to be a cheaper option, uh, for, to get into the Xbox ecosystem. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, it's I don't mind. It's reportedly launching on May 7th. 
Um, so, like, do you think people are ready to go discless now? Because I think at the start of this generation, people weren't. But I feel like people are... Like, this generation kind of groomed people into going discless. Um, so, do you think that we're, we're ready for discless consoles now? Uh, I think so. I think initially we're still... Uh, I guess we had that little shock. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't ready for change yet, but... I think now people are more open to it, um, especially like, you know, they, they hand, I feel like for the most part, uh, the problems with being discless have been solved as far as, um, you know, being able to pre-download something. I feel like that's a big uh, thing that they fix. You know, now you don't have to just download the game the day it comes out. You can literally have it ready at the same time as if you were to go to GameStop at midnight or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess some people maybe still run into the problem of feeling like they're always connected online because, you know, you do need a internet connection to, you know, play your games, I guess. Or maybe not play your games, but access them to buy them. Um, But I don't think that's an issue. Like, if you're... If you have a console and you don't have online, that's kind of like it's just an odd pairing. Like I would assume that a lot of if you have a con- a gaming console, you most likely have internet access. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And if you don't, you could just make a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, that that's an option. That's an option. But obviously, you know, people are still going to be in the rural type areas and stuff. So um, there's always going to be that concern concern about you know um, connection and stuff. But I do feel like like the more I speak to gamers these days, they're all telling me like I you know I don't buy discs anymore. Like I'm completely digital. Like so, I feel like we're getting there, and um, I feel like the discless age is coming. You know, next generation. I feel like both companies. Well, I know for sure that Microsoft is, is probably going to have a discless option of the next Xbox. Um, Sony's are sometimes slower to adopt things like that, but uh, if they're smart, they would consider having two models, you know, a discless one. And, you know, if, if the discless version is the one that sells the most, you know, they could later on just say, you know, we're, we're discontinuing the one with the disc, you know, so... The only time I do go discless though is uh, is when it's a game that uh, I'm gonna get day one because an older game, um, it's not gonna be cheap, you know. Like I feel like it definitely does take games to be cheaper uh, discless. It takes longer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's pretty much it. Like, um, there's a lot to look forward to this year. Um, I, I saw Sony actually announced that they're going to start having these uh, monthly conferences and stuff, like uh, streams or whatever. Um, so I guess they're gearing up for for their console announcement sometimes. PlayStation soon. Direct. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, it's pretty much they're going to be there direct. Um, so they're gearing up for for their console announcement you know e3 is coming we just had gdc so 
there's a lot to, to look forward to this year. Um, I feel like the gaming landscape is, is changing drastically, so it's going to be cool to analyze things and see where we are, you know, a few months down the line, like even six months down the line from now. But um, for now, uh, let's just, you know, enjoy these games we got, Division 2. Um, and I'm and I'm about to get right back to that game after this. So, um, Ed, you got any final thoughts or shout-outs before we get out of here? Uh, nah, everybody go watch us. And uh, shout-out to Carl, Rand, and Rich, and you. Thanks for having me on. And that's it. Shout-out to Mills. Definitely shout-out Mills. And, um, you know, big shout-outs to all of our Patreon supporters. M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Hindil, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, Sean Gorty, and Fergus Mills. We appreciate you all. Look out for exclusive content coming in the future and new giveaway announcements. Um, and, you know, um, shouts to everyone who listened live today. And be sure to check us out on Spotify. And, you know, we're, we're also on the, the podcast app on iPhone. Um, so yeah, we're, we're pretty much everywhere, man. So Stitcher Radio, you know, check us out wherever. Um, the audio version is always available a day after this live stream, so be on the lookout for that. And, and we're coming to Pornhub soon. Uh, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> I don't know about that one, but but nah. Um, big shouts. <laughs> Big shouts to the, the, the whole coalition staff, you know, um, putting in work. Uh, we actually have a Division 2 review right now on the website, so go check that out. Um, shouts to Anthony Nash, who wrote that review. Um, and look out for more content coming very soon. Um, but that's it for today. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with, you know, the, the full cast and everything. But for now... Peace out. Do we got sleepers? Oh yeah, we got sleepers. Let me put one on right now. <laughs> <laughs>